Welcome in to another episode of the Talking Ball Y'all Podcast, Season 7, Episode 3. Clay Sweet and Jeff Lysette, ready to rock and roll again tonight as we have two football interviews tonight, Jeff, as we are about to start high school football, but we stay on the collegiate level tonight as uh, batting in that lead-on spot is going to be head coach Jack Wright from Mississippi Gulf Coast, and then Batting in a two-spot or in a cleanup, who do we have, Jeff? Yep, it's going to be Coach Hall from the University of Southern Mississippi, uh, a team near and dear to uh, both of our hearts. But uh, he's been on the podcast before. Matter of fact, I think we were one of the first people to get him on the uh, uh, podcast or get an interview with him when he took the USM uh, head coaching job. But he's going to come on the uh, podcast again tonight. Coach Hall and them's about a week away from getting their season underway. Yep, had him on back in December. So we'll have our second visit with uh, Coach Hall and then, of course, Coach Wright down at Mississippi Gulf Coast. This guy in a very, very tough league is 24-3. and Wow, that's unbelievable what he's been able to accomplish down at what we call Perk over here in Pearl River County at Mississippi Gulf Coast, the Bulldogs, an outstanding a record. He gives us a preview of his 2021 Bulldogs, and then we certainly look forward to visiting with Coach Hall. And, Jeff, we look forward to a Friday night. Will you tell our listeners, if they're interested in high school football, how to really find two of the premier programs in all of Mississippi, certainly in South Mississippi, is Picayune and, <clears throat> excuse me, Popperville. I got kind of emotional about that, didn't I? Picayune and Popperville will tie it up on uh, Friday night. Tell our listeners where they can find our broadcast, if you don't mind, Jeff. Yep, it's going to be a good uh, – should be a good game. The Jamborees are behind us. Week one starts this Friday night. But uh, Poplarville fans, Picayune fans, football fans, period, across the state and even across the country, we've had people listen all over. But if you go – to your uh, iPhone or your Android. Either one, you can go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and download a free app. It's the MixLR app, M-I-X-L-R, free app. You can you create an account. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. And then you can go and search Talking Ball Y'all, all lowercase, all one word, and it'll be live this Friday night. I think airtime's at 630 with the Highland Pearl River Community, uh, Pearl River County Hospital pregame show, Clay. Yep, can't wait. That should be a lot of fun to call high school action here in the great state of Mississippi. Should be fun. This episode should be fun. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hey, folks, it's never too early or too late to get that spring cleaning done. Give our friends at Silver Run Cleaning Services a call. They provide Pearl River County and the surrounding areas with a professional cleaning service. Silver Run Cleaning offers tailor-made and customizable services for your commercial business, your post-construction cleanup, and your residence. Remember that Silver Run Cleaning Services. For reoccurring and one-time appointments, give Darby McCraney a call at 601-337-1721. That number once again is 601-337-1721. Let Silver Run Cleaning Services handle all your messy cleanups. We are now honored to be joined by head football coach of Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, the Bulldogs head coach, Jack Wright. Thank you, Coach Wright, for taking time for the podcast. Thanks for having me again. 
Coach, let's look um, let's look back a year and then we'll jump into a full preview of the 2021 version. But a five and one year last year, um, a good, good year, um, I, I would say by any measure. But I wanted to get your thoughts on which was uh, just a crazy year. Um, but your, your perspective on the way that your team performed in the 2020 year. Uh, you know, looking back at it, just really proud of the guys that were here to be able to, to overcome so many obstacles. Um, you know, it's at one point in the summer, didn't look like we would have a season. Uh, then you're hearing rumors about we're going to try to put a division only season and how that might look. And so just a lot of energy that goes into the anxiousness of not knowing, um, that you, that you overcome and you don't really realize how that affects you day to day until you look back and say, man, uh, man, glad we're over that and maybe we can move forward with a, with a different setup. Um, so just proud of the guys. I mean, a lot of guys throw in a tough situation. Typically you have seven, eight, nine weeks, including summer school to get these high school freshmen acclimated, get them in shape and have them um, join your team and learn your system. They didn't have that. So, Guys like our quarterback, Phillip Short, and DeCarlos Nicholson that came in here and had to play, you know, six weeks in, and then you start right into division play. Uh, really unfair to those guys, but but uh, just proud of the way that they didn't let it phase them and, and gave, uh, gave great energy and, and tried as hard as they could every day. Okay, Coach. So moving forward, now we're kind of in the middle of – of that that prep for this team that this team is actually going to be able to go through as we were talking before we got on the air y'all are certainly do it under uh, some t- high temperatures and the heat just tell us how the fall has started for y'all so far you know it's been hot uh but you know the name of the school is mississippi gold coast so that's <laughs> kind of clue you in on what kind of weather you're going to get you know sure. um, so it's not a surprise that we're used to it every year um We've got a great group of kids that are working really hard. It is hot, uh, and they're battling through it. But we've we've had really good energy at practice, and um, you know, just proud of those guys for really ignoring the elements and coming out to work every day. Coach, I always say, you know, the junior college or community college um, coach is a a different animal because you really got two goals, right? To win and then uh, help your guys get get to whatever it may be doing uh, forward, and so. With the way that the recruiting stuff works with the COVID rules, um, some guys that have moved on and then some guys that uh, you were able to keep another year. Describe what that's kind of looked like for the Bulldogs this offseason. Well, we really had a banner year as far as the number of guys moving on and also the places they moved on. We sent kids to some of the top programs in the nation, including Florida and LSU. Really proud of those guys. you know, you're right. It really is twofold here. We're not measured just on wins. We want to see all these guys go off and get a four-year deal. And that's really why the community, the community college system is set up in Mississippi. Is not just athletes, but it's uh, kind of built to be a step for all the high school kids that maybe you're not ready for a university to have to have another option. And, and then maybe later on, they are good enough to feel comfortable going to a university. So the same thing in football. I mean, it's just under a little bit more of a microscope because athletics is – is that way, but um, we're really proud of our kids. We had 25 kids move on to four-year scholarships. Um, That's impressive. And I, I, you know, without doing probably extensive enough research, I'm going to say that that was head and shoulders above whoever number was. And so, um, very proud of that fact. And 
class room. Uh, so just kind of that. But, but that puts the coaching staff in a bind when you lose so many good players. You have to replace and reload, and that's kind of where we are right now. We, we lost a lot of really good players. Uh, we feel like we have some young talent here, but uh, we've got to develop that and, um, and get it ready to play. Coach, and you talk about replacing players. You've replaced a couple of the, the staff as well. Tell us about a, two, a couple new ads on the coaching staff there. Yeah, we hired, uh, hired LaShard Durr, uh, who coached people are probably very familiar one on the plate at, at Colin and at Mississippi State, and he's working with our DVs here uh, with Coach McDougal and then doing a fantastic job. And then we've hired Jared Burton, uh, who's got a lot of ties out west um, to New Mexico, Colorado, California, and he's uh, coaching our running backs. But, uh, you know, our full-time coaching staff uh, is intact, and uh, that really makes my life a little easier. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the third year, you know, together, and um, really the fourth year together. And uh, this makes, makes life easier. We don't have to meet so much about, you know, meeting times and, and practice plans and things like that. We kind of know what direction we're going in. So, um, you know, those guys are all capable. I've said this before, all of, my, all of my assistant coaches are capable of being a head coach. They're really a blessing for me. And, Coach, 24-3 and three there as your uh, tenure at Mississippi uh, Gulf Coast, uh, certainly a strong um, number in that league, too. I don't uh, think that maybe people outside our borders give this league enough credit for the high level of football that's played. But, Coach Wright, you've been around the game. Would, would you echo that? And I know that maybe in your shoes it's easier to do that, but just maybe our listeners from outside of Mississippi not familiar with it. But this level of football played on Thursday night, pretty high-end stuff. It is. Um, just look at the places that a lot of players from this league sign, and not only do they sign there, they go and make an impact. You know, they, they go in and they start, or they're in the two deep, and you see them play on Saturday. But this league has one thing, I think, that stands out to it that people don't realize, and that's speed. Hmm. There's, there's speed at every position, um, especially on the perimeter, outside on offense. You know, all the receivers in this league can turn their feet over and run. Um, the defensive lineman, I think, is one thing that stands out. You know, a lot of athletes, up front, not a lot of guys that just, you know, stuff holes and take on blocks. These guys are, are playmakers. Um, you know, as a head coach, I'm on the offensive side of the ball, so I, I see it firsthand every day how difficult it is to handle these athletic defensive linemen. And so um, I just think it's about a lot of really, really good athletes. And, and look, I was I was heard of an interview of Garner Minshew the other day. He was one of my quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And he said that, you know, Minshew – uh, he, he was his junior college experience in the interview, and he said in junior college everybody plays hard, everybody mm-hmm. plays with great energy, everybody has a chip on their shoulder, and that has been true uh, in my experience coaching this, at this level. Yeah, that's a good point uh, made by him and you, Coach. You know, when we used to cover the league on uh, Thursday nights for Pearl River Community College, you could bank on whether it be – the last place team or the first place team having two defensive ends, and this is 10, 15 years ago, that could just absolutely get after the quarterback. Yeah, uh, the, the pass rush at this level is what catches a lot of people off guard. You know, um, been around a lot of really, really good quarterbacks, fortunately for me, but there is an adjustment for that position um, at the amount of time that you have to hold the football. 
It, it just doesn't add up. You know, the yeah. routes that you want to run and the scheme that you want to put in, uh, you just don't have that kind of time in the backfield. Um, so, I mean, I have tons of respect for every quarterback in this league because that is a, a fearsome thing to look over there and see a, a JUCO defensive front. And you're right, there's ends that are you know, they're very difficult to handle. Very difficult to handle. And um, and I've, I've played against some of those guys, and it's not fun, for sure. So, um, But there's a lot of, a lot of talent, a lot of speed. Um, and like I said, 25 of our guys signed four-year scholarships. Um, several of those were power five. Several more were group of five guys. So just based on where those guys are signing and where they're going and how they're being recruited and evaluated by four-year coaches should tell you uh, the talent level that, that, that that's here. Coach, we've mentioned the 25 guys. That's certainly going to turn your roster over. Tell us about um, some guys remaining there and then some guys that you've brought in that you're excited to see compete. As y'all get underway September the 2nd, Thursday, uh, September the 2nd at Holmes. Yeah, uh, we go to Holmes week one, and then we'll have a lot of new faces. Um, you, I looked at our roster yesterday. And I came into the office on Monday morning, and, you know, just a lot of fresh a lot of a lot of young faces, um, but I think one returner that that we're really counting on on defense is Mike Smith. Mike's from from Ridgeland. He's been a two year starter here. He's been a part of some great groups on defense, and we're really counting on his leadership at outside linebacker, uh, safety, inside linebacker. He can play a variety of positions, but he, he's a stellar player, a great tackler. Um, he's led our team in tackling two straight years. So we're he was first team All State last year. We're proud to have him back. Um, and then offensively, the one that probably gets the most headlines is Philip Short, who finished the year as our starter last year and had really, really solid numbers and had a couple of really good games at the end. And um, he's back. And so, anytime you have a sophomore quarterback, I think you can expect, you know, a better performances, more consistent performances out of out of a more mature guy. And so, we're counting on that from him. Um, then at left tackle, uh, another guy that's going to get some headlines is Percy Lewis. Uh, first, he's six foot eight, three eighty, and he's committed to the University of Oregon. Uh, he's one of the top tackles in junior college this year. So, those are the three that jump off the top of my mind. We've you know, we've got a lot of guys out there playing and practicing hard. And, and I hate to go too far down the list because <laughs> you know, you'll leave somebody out. Uh, yeah, they'll be mad at you at practice tomorrow, you know? Coach. Yeah, well, they're not at me anyway. But, uh, <laughs> that won't change anything. But uh, but we got a, we got a really good group. Coach, I would imagine offensive lineman coming out of your system comes out pretty well-rounded too, right? He's not going to be just a pass-block guy or run-block guy. He's going to be, when he gets to that next level and as they're recruiting these guys, he's going to know how to do both pretty well, right? Yeah, you know, um, I'll be honest with you. One thing that I'm really, really proud of with our program is is you look at the last three years statistically, we've been very balanced. You know, we've been over 200 yards rushing and passing each year. And, um I just know from from playing against teams like that, that's uh, that's that's a good accomplishment. So that allows us to recruit. You know, the running backs that come here are not just going to run the ball; they're going to have to pass protect. They're going to have to run routes. Um, the receivers here are going to have to block for the run game. And like you mentioned, the offensive linemen are also they're going to have to fire off the ball and create space on on the power play on the backside of the zone. But they're also going to have to kick slide and protect the blind side of a quarterback. So yeah, I mean. Um, we're going to teach these guys, you know, as good as we know how as coaches, all the skills it takes to be successful here in a variety of different situations and try to have them ready when they move on to a four-year school to compete for a spot. 
Coach, you mentioned being ready for that four-year, that next environment. GPA close to three uh, last year to, with the South State title to go with it. you got to be pretty uh, pretty pumped about that number as well. Yeah, we actually had a 3.48 summer school. That wow. That's, that's the highest I've ever had. Um, and it really, you know, it, it's just a credit to our players, but it's also a credit to the institution. Um they just do a fantastic job of working with our guys. Um, you know, any you know any any additional time spent with our athletes. You know, any time working with travel schedules and things like that. There's just there's just an abundance of resources here, um, and that's you know just part of the recruiting sale. You know, it, it all kind of goes hand in hand. Winning at every level is kind of what we're what we're aiming to do. And one of the things we talk about is pre being a pro. You know, and if we were paying you $5 million a year to play at Mississippi Gulf Coast, how would you go to the classroom? You know, how would you approach practice? How would you, how, how much, how would you pay attention in a meeting? You know, all those little details add up over the course of time to, to prepare and to, to get some sort of edge on the field. Coach, when you look at the time you have in the fall, we're, we're going to have Coach Will Hall on here on this episode as well. I plan to ask him the same question because it interests me, but when you have the fall and you've got that block of time, it's not one week to prep. How do you know when to kind of s- switch gears from the fall prep to that first opponent? What does that normally look like for y'all, and what's what's kind of the thought process there? Well, I'll be interested to hear Coach Hall's uh, answer to that. I know for me, it always takes longer to develop. Uh, you know, I think at the four-year level, they're able to make some decisions on who is who a little bit earlier because they've had guys in our program so long. We're still at the stage now with 10 days to go, still trying to develop some depth, still trying to teach some basic things and hoping that carries over to the game next week. So do we have some guys that are clearly at the top of the depth chart? Of course we do. But I would be willing to say that as you know, percentage-wise, there's a lot more guys here that are still in the comp and competing for a spot, still trying to prove themselves, um, than there are at, at any other four-year school. I, w- I would say that's a big difference for us. Is we're still trying to get better. We're still trying to to get up to game level with a lot of these guys. Coach, if there was a group that you thought today that you could probably hang your hat on, and there may be a group that may keep you up a little bit uh, tonight, would you be willing to kind of speak to those two groups, or am I getting a little too personal there? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure I understand your question. Which uh, which group do you feel kind of the best at at this point, and then which group you know do you still need to coach up or develop a bit more before y'all get ready to get underway? Um, man, really, we're just trying to get everybody better. I, I would say you know we've got a, a couple of guys back at receiver that are probably game ready, and I feel really good about um, how they're going to perform early in the season. Um, we still have some development to go with those young guys. Um, and then, you know, we, we lost a lot on defense. I'll just be honest with you. We're still trying to develop that identity. Um, we had some really good players over there. We've got some, a lot of young talent. And um, we, we still got to bring that group along. I mean, they're, they're, those older guys are doing really well, but we've got to close the gap between, you know, some of those older guys and what those, what those younger guys are doing. Coach, man, we know it's a busy time. We always appreciate you taking time for the podcast. Continued success there at Mississippi Gulf Coast. Thank you again, Coach Wright. Thanks for, uh, thanks for the coverage of our program. Thank you, Coach. 
how do you unwind? Whether it's hunting, riding horses, or just sitting around a campfire, it's better on land you own. Southern Ag Credit can finance that land. Give our Gulfport office a call at 228-832-5582 or visit us online at southernagcredit.com. We are excited now to be joined by head football coach of the University of Southern Miss, the Golden Eagles, Will Hall. Coach Hall, thanks for taking time for Jeff and I. Oh, guys, I'm proud to be on with you guys. We've had a really physical fall camp, and we're just now getting out of that. And uh, school started up. I tell my young men all the time, man, we've been living in dream world, been living in like heaven. That's what heaven's going to be like for all us football people is football with no school. And now school started, so we got to get back back to real life and being a student athlete and representing our program in a positive way across campus. Uh, so far, we've gotten off to a good start. We had a great physical Tuesday practice here and uh, kind of gearing more towards uh, keeping our blades sharp but also getting ready for South Alabama now. Coach, at what point in fall camp do you shift gears from uh, development into that first opponent to in South Alabama? Today, uh, today now, we treated it like a game week. Uh, Tuesday, we call competition Tuesday here because we want to maintain competition throughout our program. Uh, we want people to have to practice and understand that no position is ever guaranteed. You've got to maintain production throughout the year. And we want to give people an opportunity to earn spots. So, you know, starting jobs on the line every Tuesday here, uh, that's coupled with how you play on Saturday. We tell our young men that you got to play well on Saturday and well on Tuesday, you know, to be a starter. And, uh, you know, or you can play really well on Tuesdays consistently to earn some more playing time on Saturday. So we get we started shifting into game week today and, uh, you know, getting ready for South Al, but also competing. And it was a, it was a, it was a really good day. Coach, which group or which player in particular has um, surprised you the most through fall camp? Uh, surprised me. Uh, I don't know about surprising, but Frank Gore and Trey Lowe offensively and Khalid Washington and Jason Brownlee have really had phenomenal camps offensively. Um, Shirty Robinson has really come on as a really good football player. Jerquan Scott's had an unbelievable fall camp, along with some of our tight ends and fullbacks. Cole Cavallo uh, is one to mention. Has, uh, had a really, really good fall camp. Defensively, uh, Eric Scott, Rayshon Mitchell, Matron Brooks at corner have had great fall camps. Sam Trill Latham has had an unbelievable fall camp. Uh, Josh Carr, a newcomer we got from Southeast Louisiana, has had a really good fall camp. Avery Hobbs is consistent as the day is long. Those are young men that have had great fall camps, I expect, are going to be major, major contributors, you know, for us uh, this upcoming football season. Trey Lowe, the signal caller there, coach, uh, the son of a high school coach. That background certainly got to remind you a little bit of your uh, self, maybe not, maybe not the size that uh, Trey Lowe's uh-huh. carrying around with you, but just talk more about. We've heard your interviews and, and what Trey Lowe is as a player, but the kind of guy that uh, Trey Lowe is. Yeah, so Trey is a young man that understands how to lead. He understands that first you lead through actions, 
then you can lead vocally. And if you do it the other way around, it just doesn't work. All you do is alienate people and push them away from you. So he came in and just went to work. Uh, he had an unbelievable off-season program, one of our hardest workers in the weight room with Coach Ann Carr. Uh, really proved himself on a day-to-day work ethic basis and then had a phenomenal spring. And then this summer, you could really see him start to be more vocal because he had earned that right. And that's carried over into the fall. Uh, man, he's just a young man that, that I just admire, you know. I mean, like, you know, I know our fans have started calling him Optimus Prime. That's who he's built like Optimus Prime. He's got a great attitude. He's got great work ethic. He's highly intelligent. Uh, anybody's got daughters out there, I mean, that, 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 that's who you want him I'm sure you want him to marry, I would imagine. I mean, I can't find anything negative about him as a person. And as a player, I think the sky's the limit for him as well. Coach, you must have been reading my notes. And uh, I know you do a lot of prep and research. But Coach Ankar, he was on my list to hit. Tell us about uh, y'all's connection and how important he will be to building not only the strength, but the culture you want here at Southern Miss. Oh, man, he's a guy. You know, me and him just view life the same way. We view every day as a gift, an opportunity to impact somebody in a positive way, an opportunity to help mold a young man into being a real man. And uh, me and him are like brothers. We've been through a lot together. We played together. You know, he was a great player uh, as a center, and I was a quarterback. So we went through all that together and just kind of kindred spirits with how we attack life. And uh, we believe in toughness. We believe in fighting through adversity. Uh, we believe in being extremely hard and setting a very high expectation level, but also loving people and explaining to them what that expectation level is. And uh, we believe in rewarding people uh, when they do good, just as much as you uh, call them out and get on to them when you do bad. Uh, we believe that, that, you know, ultimately in this life, uh, you've got to put yourself in the position to get the reward. It doesn't mean you're always going to get the reward when you want it, but you got to put yourself in the position. So a story me and him always tell with the kids is you don't catch fish by sitting on, on your butt at the house. You catch fish by casting your line in the water. Now, you don't always catch them, but you got to at least put your line in the water to have a chance to catch them. And uh, every day – you know, we, we, we try to make sure we've got our lines in the water. And, uh, man, he's unbelievable. Uh, he's my one of my best friends, like a brother, and uh, he's unbelievable with, with these young men. Coach, if you're going to spend the kind of time that y'all do uh, around each other, it might as well be with people you love, right? Oh, well, that's our philosophy. That's not the philosophy everywhere. But I just believe in that. You know, we're kind of old school from the standpoint of we – Putting this staff together, I wanted a group of men that are a pack. I wanted a group that wanted to be around each other and hang around each other. That was a brotherhood. Because of that, we hired less people than a lot of football programs do across this country. A lot of places have gone to the the model of, you know, hire as many people as you can, have as many people running around the office doing work as you can. I don't believe in that. I want to hire less people that do more work and everybody's accountable to each other, knows each other, established and can depend on each other. So that's kind of the model we've gone with here and, and what's worked for me in my past and other places I've been. And and uh, so it's just what we like. Coach Will Hall here on the Paul's Pastry phone line on the Talking Ball and Y'all podcast. Coach Hall, you mentioned uh, fewer, and maybe that's a, a, 
a way that you can certainly build more trust with your players. This is a, a group of returning young men that faced a lot of adversity last year. How important is it to get them to, to trust and, and really to believe, like, hey, this group's going to be here uh, with us. They faced a lot of uncertainty last year. Yeah, you know, I think coming in, we just wanted to tell them, hey, you know, we know you didn't choose to play for us, but we chose to come coach y'all and just give us a chance. And if you don't like it, we'll part ways. And, and, and I understand that, man. It's America. You've got a lot of options and a lot of opportunities to do what you want to do. And uh, that was my first thing, is just begging these young men to give us a chance. I believe in how we treat people and how we do things. And uh, we've had a really high success rate with these young men here. Almost everybody we wanted to stay has stayed. You know, there's some that just didn't fit the mold, whether we made that choice or they made that choice, uh, you know, for the direction we were going with what we're trying to do with this program. And uh, But but we've got what we've got here now. I think it's a really good group to, uh, to, to, to lay the foundation for getting this program back to where it's supposed to be. How quick is that going to happen? I don't know. You know, I hope it happens really fast. But I can tell you we're eventually going to get this thing back to where we're, we're, we're the top group of five program in America, hopefully sooner rather than later. Coach, you talk about um, that. What is the what is the way that you look at a schedule? Do you break it down into to chunks and the fourths and the quarters? Like, how do you view this upcoming schedule? <laughs> I view this upcoming schedule as we got South Alabama on September the fourth, and. Uh, you know, I think I think you reach a point in the program where, you know, when you get to be like the Alabamas and Ohio States of the world, even though they would never admit it, you can probably look ahead. You can probably look at games and say, hey, we're so good, we're going to have that one. Even if we don't play well, uh, very few people admit that. I think you can admit that. I've, I've coached teams before where we knew going into the year we were, we were going to beat somebody, even if we didn't play good. And uh, – we're not at that point at Southern Miss yet. We've got 12 games this year that are going to be 12 all-out battles. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity to win every one of them. Uh, we're going to have an opportunity to lose every one of them. We're going to have to play our tail off and put our best foot forward every week and uh, do the thing that it takes to win. And uh, that's what we're emphasizing with these young men. And uh, and so that that's how we attack the schedule this year, man. Everybody talks about one week at a time, but it really, really, and truly is this year. That's the type of football team we have, and uh, so so that's the way we'll be attacking. Coach, the Southern Miss uh, football Twitter page put out a picture, I guess it was last week, of Reggie Collier, and um, he was real close to Trey Lowe in, in physical perspective there. And Good gracious. Trey Lowe's a, a big, big young man, and Reggie Collier almost made him look false. Small, could you imagine uh, Reggie and some of the offensive uh, sets that you could put him in, Coach, and, and what that may look like? Well, uh, we tell people all the time, you know, me and my dad, we laugh and talk about it. You know, even before I got this job, anybody that got to see Reggie play and knows Reggie understands that if Reggie would have been around in today's day and age with these offenses, Ooh, it would have been it would have been really really bad. I tell these young men all the time, man. He was he was Michael Vick before Michael Vick, and uh, he's just an unbelievably imposing man when you meet him. Like you said, Trey Lowe, 
You know, he's got the nickname Optimus Prime, and there's a noticeable size difference between him and Reggie. And uh, so, you know, we uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know Reggie, got great respect for him, have really been excited about how much he has uh, gotten involved in our program. We want all these former grades to keep coming around and being involved because we want to build a program where they can be a part of it and be happy with it. So uh, that, that's been good to see. Coach, Coach Reggie Collier certainly speaks to the tradition there at Southern Miss. One of the traditional things is the Eagle Walk and was able to uh, see you put some gold down in the Eagle Walk. What did that mean to you, man? Yeah, you know, uh, I kind of felt bad because I kind of kind of spotlighted on social media like I was a major part. I'll be honest. <laughs> I wasn't a major factor in it. We were in fall camp. I was able to go over there and spend about 20 minutes. Uh, but I was able to see it and take it in and see the students and be around them. So that was great. I was able to put a little gold down. The students did 99.999% of the work. But, man, look, I'm a Mississippian. Uh, I love this place. I love this state. I love this area. Uh, I love the fact that I'm coaching in a place with such a rich story tradition. And I want to expound on those traditions. I want to help build them and, and, and bring more notoriety to them. I understand that if we win football games, it's good for everybody. It's good for Dr. Bennett's mission. It's good for uh, the economy around here. It's good for business. So, uh, you know, I want to be a part of the community, my wife and I, and, and, and help build everything around here as best we can. Coach, you mentioned your wife, your family. I mean, we're bugging you at, what, 630 on a Tuesday night. How in the world do you balance? your family and what you're trying to accomplish there. Jeff and I, we're guys your age. We both have two children ourselves, and we can barely get a podcast out once a week. How in the world do you get it done, man? Well, I'm extremely efficient. People tell you I'm a big-time multitasker. I hate wasting time. I think it's the greatest sin in the world. We start early, you know, so our days start between 5.30 and 6, depending on the day. And uh, I try to get up and work while my kids are sleeping where I can get home at night and be still be a part of their life. And we try to, we try to define the job. And what I mean by that is if you define the job and you define the ending point of aspects of the job, some people just work and work and they never define what it's supposed to look like when it's done. And because of that, sometimes you can never be finished. And, and I believe in the law of diminishing returns. And so we try to define, uh, you know, like, Right now, tonight, we're game planning red zone. Well, we have a set number of plays that we want to have for each particular category of the red zone, and once we get that done, we're done. And uh, so I think it's important as a leader to make sure you define, you know, what the ending point is for each particular job. Coach, last question, and you've mentioned time and how important it is. We'll, We'll let you get out of here. The fan base and also the players, how have they responded to your attitude and so much, not all the things that Southern Miss needs to have, but what they currently have to be successful and the way that you pointed those out and almost already blocked out some certain excuses that may have been used uh, by the fan base the last 10 or 15 years? Yeah, so, man, that's just what I believe. I believe. You do the best you can with what you got every day. You know, I think Teddy Roosevelt said that. And uh, my dad instilled that in me. 
And look, man, I've coached at West Alabama and Arkansas Monticello and Southwest Baptist and Tulane, you know, and Louisiana Lafayette and Memphis, you know. Not, I mean, and nobody ever thought of any of those places as football pilots, <laughs> you know. But, but you know, Lafayette's winning a lot of games right now. Memphis has won some games here recently. Uh, you know, Tulane has gone to three straight bowl games. So, Every place has got their positive and their negatives. The big thing for me is, is what is going to be your ability to get good players? What is your role in recruiting? And Southern Miss has an unbelievable role in recruiting. We've always been able to get good players. Uh, we're surrounded by really good players. We've got unbelievable tradition. We have a lot of facilities that are way better than people we go up against in recruiting. We have some that are not, that are not as good. So I just believe in situating your positives, uh, finding kids that fit that mold, and uh, and doing that. I Man, look, you know, we sign twenty five players a year. You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, Alabama can't take them all. You know? <laughs> they're gonna get twenty five five stars, but they can only take twenty five. So, yeah. you know, I mean, there's plenty of good football players to go around, particularly in the area we're in, and uh, I believe in that. Coach, I said it's the last question. I'm going to get one more out of it. You said the, the place that we're in. We just had Jack Wright, the head coach, of course, at Perk on, and he'll be on this episode with you. The luxury of having that community college and that junior college system in the state that you coach. Yeah, you know, it's big. I played in that system. My dad coached in that system. Uh, it's great. Uh, for us, it's been good to Southern Miss in the past, and it's just another part of the surrounding area of all the good football and good players we've got around us, you know. So, again, location still matters to kids. They want to play in a good program where they can go after their dreams, but yet still be close enough to home where family can be a part of it for the most part. And so we're blessed to be in a really good uh, location. Coach? We appreciate your time. Continued success. Good luck against South Alabama. Thank you again, Coach. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you all for having me on.